Welcome to the Kitchen Witch Energy Shift Podcast, where we reimagine, re-energize, and revolutionize your kitchen experience. My name is Michelle Berry, and I'll share my witchy energy shift practices, plant-based cooking secrets, and explore the magical and mystical with you. Get ready to awaken your inner witch and step into the powerful energy of who you want to be and how you want to feel. Hello everyone, it's Michelle from the Kitchen Witch Energy Shift and Michelle's Plantry. And as promised, I am doing a little series on witch stories and pumpkin recipes. So, I have for you tonight the green witch story. Now, I'm going to explain what a green witch is, but I found one recent example of a green witch that I love. A movie, a book and a movie that I... um, read. I didn't watch the movie yet, but the book was fantastic. Anyways, we'll get to that. First, I want to let you know that I made like right using my intuitive cooking, my alchemy and intuitive cooking. I went right off script like I usually do. Um, I got this download to create a recipe right off right off the cuff. I mean, that was kind of daring because I only had one um, enough for one meal of a pumpkin recipe to give to you tonight and I took a chance and it came out really good. I made a pumpkin tomato cauliflower chickpea curry soup but it has potatoes in it too um cherry tomatoes I had left over and it came out wonderful. I'm going to show you that recipe. So first we'll dive into our witch story for tonight. So tonight we we are going to be visited by the essence of the green witch. The green witch. Now think about that. When I say green witch, what comes to your mind? You probably have some ideas. So take a second and let your intuition guide you into the image of what you think is a green witch. And then I'm going to tell you right now what I think is a green witch. My my idea of a green witch and what I know of green witches, I definitely have, I'm, like, like I had told you before, I'm a kitchen witch by nature, meaning it's my strongest place for power and witchery is in the kitchen. That's where my strongest energy portal is, I guess. I feel like an abundance of energy in the kitchen. A green witch feels this abundance of energy in nature, outside, in the woods, and being around nature, as you can imagine. So the green witch is a woman who is independent, walks her own path, and is completely enamored with nature to the point where her favorite place is in the woods, in the fields, near the meadows, along the rivers, connecting with nature. She doesn't want to walk the path of a traditional woman. Now that is kind of standard for a witch. Witches are known to create their own path, really design their life in a way that feels powerful, powerfully, powerfully, powerfully (laughs) aligned with their heart. And this is exactly what the green witch's journey is, what her her strength and her courage to walk that path, oftentimes alone. Um, you are 
if you're a green witch, you are straying away from traditional standards, just like most witches, and into the woods. Now, she wants to explore her mind. She wants to understand the ebbs and flows and the magic of the natural world. So you can imagine it when you think about yourself exploring the natural world, you know that you probably have this deep connection to self too. So you can understand why that's so attractive to the green witch. And, you know, as I talk about her and her essence, you may feel a strong connection within yourself to her essence. And that's that's what I explore in my course, The Kitchen Witch Energy Shift. The first practice is getting to know which different witch energies and bringing that into your daily life to bring magic and amp up your energy using their essence. So the Green Witch, again, she she does have a strong and independent spirit. And this independent and strong spirit is enough just enough to push away the judgment of others so she can walk that path confidently without like a lot of us have that nagging feeling like you're afraid to be judged or we're afraid to be judged we don't want to be an outcast now witches in general um are known to be outcasts you know because they are doing their own thing and society doesn't always like that when women go off and do their own thing um and god forbid they are powerful too that's a that's a problem with society sometimes also so she the green witch understands the magic and power of nature she spends time learning meditating on trees and plants rocks and flowers logs and mushrooms toads and actually she can hear the forest breathing she can feel the earth moving she can feel the quiet gentle hum of all the activities and the layers beneath her feet, above her head, around, all around her. She knows that everything around her is magic also. She's learned which plants heal and which plants harm. So she can support herself through selling powerful tinctures, teas, ointments, lotions, and she consults people on how to heal through nature. So a lot of times, you know, in the back in the old days, when a woman did decide to live independently, not marry, she lived oftentimes on the outskirts of town near the woods, and she was really an outcast. And what I can tell you about this Green Witch story is she she was able to support herself because there was enough people in the village, and you'll know this in your real life too, there's enough people in a village that get you it may be a handful, but it's enough to support you in not making you a complete outcast, um, understanding that you're good at heart and people wanting to help you. So in my story here with this green witch living on the outskirts alone, deciding to walk her own path, um, not to be supported by, say, a man, uh, she's learning to support herself, but there are people in town that trust and know that her knowledge is strong and powerful. They lean on her and in exchange for all her knowledge and healing and her, the, all her power as a witch and her good intention of what, how she provides these healing herbs and tinctures and knowledge in exchange for that food is exchanged. So She's thriving in her own way, in her own simple way, 
living off just enough that she needs and making just enough human connection to, you know, kind of stay under the radar and, you know, nourish and, and take care of herself. She respects the animals, the insects, the quiet language of plants and how they speak to each other. She walks gently trying not to cause any unnecessary disruptions or take more than she needs to survive. So walking that path and taking the time to step away from the hustle and bustle of every day, the everyday noise, the opinions of others, people are always telling us how we should live, what we should believe, what we should do, all this opinion coming at us, all this noise, you know, you can you can lean into the green witch and the way she connects with nature to clear your mind and step away from all that. So you can just relax your your um, yeah nervous system too and just kind of soothe through that forest bathing. And imagine a green witch has, you know, so in is so in tune with the ebbs and flows, the seasonal changes, the scent in the air, like right now it's autumn, it smells completely different. You are so breathing in the clean, actually real essential oils, the essential fragrance that's real from the earth, from the leaves, from the flowers and the trees and the, you know, decomposing leaves and, and the air, you know, all the things. Um, imagine that, like that kind of a life where you can connect with you know, stepping into nature and bringing some of that into your everyday in the modern world. Other people's negative thought patterns and judgments, I mean, you can step away from that and into the healing, soothing energies of nature, you know, but just by stepping into the woods, into the forest, climbing a hill or a mountain, visiting the beach, the lakes, the rivers, just taking that quiet time to meditate on fine grains of sand on the beach, each unique leaf on a tree or a plant, listening to the sounds of birds, insects, animals. There's a healing available when you take that quiet time to yourself outside. And the Green Witch understands this, not only the power of what she's learned through trial and error and intentional living, connecting with plants, she also knows there are many more exciting things to learn and that keeps her motivated and happy and excited. That's something that we can all use in our daily lives to bring magic in. There are so many things we have yet to learn, so many adventures we have yet to take. There are so many places and things that we have yet to explore, to test, to play with, to try. There's so much magic hidden in the quiet nooks and crannies of the forest, the hills, the mountains, and within ourselves. And so you want to ask yourself, can the natural world be a reflection of our own selves and help us realize that this magic, so much of it is within us too. What essence of the green witch can you bring into your world now? How can you step in her boots? Or as a green witch would most likely do, she'd take off her shoes and connect with the earth by walking on the stones, on the dirt, through the sand, walking in the water, lying down on the ground and raising her feet to the sky. So a great example that I touched upon earlier on this video is Where the Crawdads Sing is a book and now a movie. And the main character is Kaya, the marsh girl. So Kaya is a young girl who is left to her own devices. She's left alone by her family. She's kind of pretty much abandoned on the 
beautiful but lonely coastal inlets of North Carolina. And she is forced to just survive all by herself. And she chooses Mother Nature and the wild in exchange for, you know, turning herself into society where they may place her with a family of the unknown. She feels more comfortable in nature with the wildlife than she does in, you know, civilization. She, she would choose to be alone versus the unknown of, you know, who she's going to land with as a family. And it takes a lot of courage, of course, just like the, what we talked earlier on the Green Witch, it takes a lot of courage, a lot of grit um, to learn to survive on your own. So it can be a lonely place, but she has spent so much time in this beautiful sanctuary that is her world that she becomes a naturalist in her own own right on her own level untouched by anybody else she's so she's meditated on just every inch of that sanctuary to the point where she can draw you know a feather with the finest details or a shell from her coastline with the finest detail you know you know without any any reference she's just so in tune with nature and that just teaches us you know again how many layers that we have around us that we can spend time learning and getting to know our own backyard. She, in my opinion, is the story of a green witch. And just like Kaya, there is one thing, though, that a green witch may feel is missing, and that's the human connection. So her story is sometimes a lonely one. By taking that journey into self, into the woods, and you probably heard this story a bunch of times when people kind of get off the grid and go into the woods. It's it's great, but there's also we have a, a need, a human need within us to connect with each other. And that can be something that feels like it's missing for the Green Witch. Um, so that human connection is, is just really important. So if you do decide to step into nature and step away from all the noise of us as human, the human race, you know, we're, we're kind of noisy and disruptive and opinionated and we've got a lot to say. Um, stepping away from that is great, but you know, you don't want to step so far away that you lose your connection and your connection with community. So it's really important to have some, some community that you feel safe in. Like I say, um, my idea of this green witch that came to me through, she's been visiting in my head since I decided to do this series and she was the first one to emerge. And she has chosen to live a life, like untraditional life in the woods, but that's one thing that she knew to survive that creating that human connection and finding the right people that see her heart for what it is. When what we don't know we fear and we vil we can villainize, am I saying that right? vilify vilify yes and we can um, fear and outcast people that in ideas that we don't understand we'll shun them and that's what happened to witches so just because they didn't fit in a lot of times when you go on your own path people don't like that and they'll they'll push you off as an outcast so that can be a really lonely lonely thing so um, as she comes to me 
with this story. It is a story of independence, strength, uh, of course, connection with nature, connection with self, um, discovering the excitement of outside and within, and the nod and knowing that making connections with people who, who love and honor and respect your way um, and don't try to change you but just love you for who you are those are the people that you want to connect with and you don't need a lot of them and I think that's the message too of the of the green witch that just enough people that understand you that don't question your ways too much and allow you and respect your way of living um, without trying to put their opinion on you that is my story of the green witch and it's not scary one part would be scary is the fact that green witch would live in the woods by herself and had to know how to defend herself if need be so setting traps outside the little cabin that she lives in or little shack understanding how to protect herself in that way and that is a scary thing you know being alone it's not spooky scary story i haven't gotten to that place yet although i love scary stories myself um this isn't what, this is no witchy scary story it's more of um, an energy of a powerful witch that you could bring into your life now some ways that you can bring nature into your life as a green witch and if you want to play in her essence a little bit more you know go outside go into your backyard you don't have to go for a long um, remote walk anywhere you can be in your backyard simply in your neighborhood pick some leaves some flowers maybe press that leaf in between in between heavy book pages what I like to do is get a pencil and a white piece of paper and put over the leaf and I love the magic that is revealed when you, you do a rubbing and the leaf all the veins and the the lines of the leaf begin to show. You can create a kitchen altar of things that you found, rocks, twigs, acorns, leaves, um, any plant life, moss, mushrooms. You can bring any of those things into a little tray into your home. Maybe bring a little candle, maybe a green candle to signify your connection to the green witch, um, but it doesn't have to be green. I think a beautiful thing to create the small collection you can call it an altar but you can call it anything you want maybe put a little of herbs or spices in that if you're if you have anything from your kitchen you can add or simply leave it as it is simply just gaze upon the, those natural elements in your house so simple so free so easy to bring that essence in and just again when you think about the layers of what you can learn if you ever did read the book or watch the movie of um, the Where the Crawdads Sing. Kai, Kaya had studied so many layers of wildlife. I mean, I think it's kind of almost like a never anything. It's like stars in the universe. I mean, you could just go on and on and on of learning and exploring and discovering. And that's the same for you. Your everyday, if you're feeling it's mundane, you're not looking under your nose close enough things there are things there that you can um, find magic in so I hope you enjoyed that little story of the green witch and bring in if you feel called to bring her into your life and she can help you bring some magic into your life step into her shoes or step out of your shoes and into her essence by going barefoot outside and feeling the earth underneath your feet, getting that feeling of groundedness. 
So thanks so much for watching and listening. And now we're going to move on to a pumpkin recipe that I made in the Instapot tonight and I hope you enjoy it. I felt inspired to just make a recipe on the fly. This just came to me. I'm going to leave this recipe in the notes. I'll create a link to it, but here it is right here. Um, there's looks like a lot of ingredients, but really I use what I have on hand. You don't have to include everything. I suggest going with your instincts here, but let me show you what I did, what I used. I used one can of pumpkin puree and two cans of diced tomatoes. I had some regular cherry tomatoes left over. I had some potatoes left over. I had one head of cauliflower and a can of chickpeas. I cooked this in the Instapot. I like to put a little water at the bottom when I chop my onions and garlic. I like them to just kind of saute in the water rather than use an oil. So from here, I start chopping my onion. I've, I've minced my garlic. I put one clove of garlic in there. I'm chopping my potatoes. These are potatoes I had left over. I'm not too picky about what type of potatoes I use. I usually leave the skin on. And then you want to have water nearby. So what you want to do is add water based on how much vegetables you need to cook here. So when you take a look at your Instapot, you'll know that like you just want to make sure the veggies are covered with enough water. And here's my beautiful cauliflower. What I thought was so awesome is when I looked at the bottom after I took the, the kind of the big stem off, I saw like a starfish, which was kind of wild. I thought that was so cool. It actually looked like it had like tentacle, like a real starfish. It looked like the leaves were wrapped around like um, starfish legs. Anyways, here's me, yeah, chopping. So basically chopping all the, the vegetables for your Instapot. And I used curry, cayenne, and pumpkin pie spice. And two veggie bouillon cubes. And this is the end product here. And again, I'll show you basically what I used for measurements for this recipe. I'm gonna leave this recipe in the show notes for you. This is the basic recipe and it can be tweaked to your liking. You can add veggies, remove veggies, add more spices, mash it a little at the end. The potatoes in this stew or soup make it can make it thicker when you mash it. And it would be wonderful served with some crusty bread. That's a wrap, friends. Until next time, keep making magic, my friends. We'll talk soon. Bye. To hear more witch stories and get more pumpkin recipes from me, hit the subscribe button and sign up for my email notifications through michellesplantry.com forward slash October. That's Michelle with two L's, Plantry spelled P-L-A-N-T-R-Y. And if you're really enjoying this podcast, you're going to love my Kitchen Witch Energy Shift course. It's all about reinventing your kitchen experience mentally you know physically we explore stepping into your witch energy feeling empowered doing a mental energy cleanse doing a kitchen cleanse of your space and moving around energy there also we explore the elements of nature and how they can lift you up in the kitchen and in your home and beyond and 
alchemy and intuitive cooking. You know, you want to learn to use your intuition to cook. You want to feel confident in your kitchen and I'll show you how to do that. Lastly, we explore the fun, magical energy amplifying tools, tarot, oracle, using kitchen altars, how to use a pendulum and crystals to amplify your energy and have fun. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, keep making magic.